What's up, Fit Fam? You've got Laura here with episode number seven of the podcast. And Bikini Things is now on iTunes. How exciting is that? I'm excited. A lot of the preliminary support I've gotten from you guys so far, um, text, comment, phone calls, all of it. It's It's been really amazing. I know this is still really new. Uh, iTunes is only new within the last couple of weeks. So I really, really appreciate all the support. You guys do not know how much it truly means to me. Um, this is just a little pet project of mine that I had wanted to do for a long time. So it truly, truly means a lot to me. So thank you guys for listening. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. So today I am flying solo. I'm going to be talking to you a little bit about goal setting and planning. Uh, last week was 4th of July and just could not line anybody up on a holiday week. And I wanted to at least get something together. So goal setting and planning are two topics that are very near and dear to my heart. I am a project manager full-time and I love seeing things accomplished. I love working with teams, but specifically, why am I qualified to talk about goal setting? Well, I'll tell you just a quick list of some of the accomplishments that I have achieved in my life. I have a bachelor's degree from the University of Notre Dame. I've got two master's degrees. I have gotten into multiple Ivy League schools during my undergraduate and graduate application process. I graduated from my undergrad and my master's program, magna cum laude. Uh, I have a project management professional certification, which is a lifetime certification. And if you're familiar with that occupation, it's kind of a big deal. Uh, I'm a personal trainer. I am a fitness nutrition specialist, both through NASM. I am also a Peak Pilates level two instructor. I'm a TRX qualified instructor and I am a nationally qualified NPC bikini competitor. And I've done three shows so far to date. So that's just a little rundown about me. There are so many people out there who are much more accomplished than me. That's just a little list, uh, just to give you an idea that I do know what I'm talking about. I do know how to achieve goals. I've set many goals in my life, and I use that as a way to continually push myself to strive for more self-improvement, to try to um, grow as an individual, to try to improve my career, my personal life. I set lots and lots of goals. So this is something I wanted to share with you guys because it's a way to make sure that we're actually following through with the things we want in life. So beyond just how to design your goals to set yourself up for success and go through with actually executing what it takes to accomplish that goal, I think the first thing to really remind yourself is why Why do you have the goal? What is, what is the intent with achieving the goal? Some things are very cut and dry, uh, like you want a certification or a high school degree or a college degree to be qualified to do something else that is your passion or that is your long-term career path. But some things are more open-ended, like maybe we want to lose weight or we want to do our first show. And thinking about what the true intent of that goal is, like why why are you wanting to lose weight? What is the true motivation? Are you trying to just look better? Or do you feel uncomfortable in your body 
to a point where you realize you need to make a life change just to feel better about yourself day to day. So there's there are some nuances with why we want things and taking that time to step back and really look at the big picture. So I cannot emphasize that enough. But in terms of specifically designing and setting goals that will set you up for success, set you up in a position where you can actually achieve them, I like to use the SMART goals. And this was something I was first introduced to when I got my NASM Certified Personal Trainer Certificate. And so what SMART stands for? SMART is an acronym. It stands for Specific, Measurable, Attainable, Realistic or Relevant, and Timely. So I'm first going to talk about what each of these things mean. Uh, For example, specific. Okay, let's take our weight loss example. And rather than just saying, I want to lose weight, you could say, I want to lose 10% body fat. That's pretty specific, right? And that also gets to our our next letter in SMART, our measurable. So that one's clearly very measurable. You can measure your body fat. You can measure your progress. Um, you know, ideally you want to make things quantitative, meaning numbers based if possible versus qualitative. So the difference being, I want to lose 10% body fat versus I want to lose weight, which is very open-ended, not specific, not particularly measurable, but you can, you can measure it a few different ways. You could say 10% body fat. You could say, I want to lose 30 pounds. Um, for me, a long-term goal of mine is I want to be five to 10 pounds heavier on stage than I was at my last competition. Some of that will come with time, but that is a very measurable goal for me because I know what I weighed at my last show. And when I get down to that next weight cut, that next stage leanness, I can compare what my stage weight is. And if I weigh 135 instead of 130, I know that I've put on about five pounds of muscle and that would be a great victory for me. So we've gotten through our first two letters, the S and the M. The A is for attainable. And so this has to do with whether or not something is in your power to accomplish it. So things that are significantly out of our control would not be attainable. So a goal like, I joke with my friends, having a boyfriend (laughs) that is not 100% in my control because it's dependent on other people. Or um, you wanna be the president of your class. You're running for student council or some type of election. That's, it's, it's possible, sure, but it is dependent on other people. So you can put in a lot of effort, but that does not guarantee your success. So making sure that this is something within your power to change, first of all. And then the next letter, realistic or relevant, which are sometimes used interchangeably in the SMART goal acronym, has to do more with, is your goal the appropriate level of both challenging while not being overly aggressive? If we go back to our weight loss example, something like this would look like you know, that 10% body fat. For a lot of people, depending on where you're at, 
um, you know, going from 30% body fat to 20% body fat, it's very doable. Very, very doable. Um, you know, for women, if you want to say, I want to be 2% body fat, is that realistic? No. Um, that's probably number one, not possible. Number two, extremely unhealthy. Uh, even men typically do not get down to around that body fat percentage. Things like that. So just making sure it's realistic. You want to set it high, you want to set the bar high enough that you're pushed, that you're gonna force yourself to take action to achieve this goal, but that you're not going to set yourself up for failure, right? Because if we set ourselves up for failure, it's gonna be that much more difficult the next time we have something to accomplish because we're gonna think back and most of us we'll go into that negative headspace where we said, we tried losing weight last time. Remember, you tried losing 50 pounds in a month and it didn't work. Well, it didn't work for a few reasons, but think about that. If you had an experience that did not go well, it's very easy for us to internalize that failure and that event in our life and apply it to future events and apply it to things that have not yet happened. But this is a topic that I could talk about on a completely separate podcast, so I don't want to. I don't want to go too deep there. But really, you just want to make sure you're setting the appropriate level of challenge. And then that final letter, that timely, means there is a date associated with the goal. So that means not just I want to lose ten percent body fat. That means I want to lose ten percent body fat in three months or in two months, or whatever makes sense based on what the goal is. You know, if you want to lose 50 pounds, you need to give yourself probably more than a month or two months to do that, right? And that goes back to being realistic. But having that timely component of the goal will hold you accountable. And it gives you a deadline to strive towards, to plan around, and to really make sure that you are executing and you are making progress towards this goal. Beyond using this acronym, I think the biggest thing that we can do to help work towards setting our goals and achieving our goals are writing them down and putting them on paper in some manner. So taking all of these attributes, specific, measurable, attainable, realistic or relevant, and timely, and putting that all together and putting it out there in writing makes it real. If we just think things in our head, a lot of times they're not real. Um, myself included, I'm guilty of ruminating on ideas for months, even years before I actually take action. And by putting it down on paper or on a notepad in my computer, it makes it concrete and it makes it real. So let's go back to that weight loss example. You want to set yourself a SMART goal. And I do this with my clients a lot. This is something I work with. It helps me keep them accountable. It helps them stay accountable and motivated and, and working towards something that they want for themselves. A good example of a SMART goal could be, I want to lose 10% body fat in three months and feel better about myself because I'm living a healthier lifestyle by doing all the things I needed to do to lose that 10% body fat. So you've got, you've got all the components there um, that make up the components of a SMART goal. The next thing that you'll need to do, so once you've got your goals set, 
and established. It's written down. It's real. It's actually a real thing. It's concrete. The next thing that I recommend doing is spending a little bit of time planning and starting with a very high level timeline. So you've already got that time component established from putting that goal together. So whatever you said, two months, three months, a year, five years, start out with that macro level timeline. Okay. So whatever that, whatever that deadline is, you've got that. Now work backwards. Estimate the total amount of work that is required for you to achieve this goal. Uh, for me, I like to work in hours, so I will literally try to estimate the number of hours. Like if I think, okay, this goal is going to take me about 100 hours of work and I want to achieve it in five months. Okay, so that is 20 hours of work per, per month, which translates to about, you know, what is that? Five hours of work per week. And, and we'll get into this more at the micro level. You know, you could split that up, you know, knock out your five hours in a day or, you know, one hour, five days a week. Whatever it is, whatever your goal is, if it's a weight loss goal, that's probably a workout. You're probably not actually going to work out five hours in one day. You're probably going to go to the gym five times a week and you're probably going to exercise for an hour, right? Okay, so you've started with that macro level timeline. You've estimated the total amount of work required um, for things like schooling or any type of academia, what I used to do, or let's say I was studying for my personal training exam, I would estimate the amount of time I wanted to study. And then I would kind of work backwards. Like, okay, if I need to work, if I need to study or work 60 hours to feel comfortable to pass this, I'll plan around that and I would try to overestimate a little bit because for something like school or a test or anything like that where studying is required, I personally prefer to overestimate and that's just a preference of mine. I do not, I do not like to take tests a second time. I like to ace things on my first attempt and have it over with and done with and I recognize not everyone is like this, but for me, that's what worked best. So anything related to school, academia, exams, I prefer to overestimate the amount of work required, but you can do whatever makes the most sense for you. This is just what I've learned in my own experience and, and just my best attempt to capture it and communicate it to you guys in a way that could be helpful. All right, so once you've estimated the amount of time required, you need to identify any constraints that you will need to achieve that goal. So what are some examples of constraints? I do like to talk in my, uh, <laughs> in my project management lingo. And so that would be an example when you're building a schedule, a constraint. You know, you've got your hard constraints and your soft constraints and all kinds of good stuff like that. But I'm digressing. Some examples of things like that are, let's say you want to get into college Okay, so what are some constraints there? You need to probably take the SAT or the ACT, and you probably need to do it within a certain time frame to be ready for your applications, right? So you take your SAT or your ACT, 
and that's a constraint. And then afterwards, you've got to fill out all your applications. Well, those applications all have deadlines, right? And some of them may be the same, some of them could be different, but you need to know all of those dates because those are constraints for you getting into college, right? So establish all of your constraints. If we take another example, um, let's say you're opening up a restaurant or some type of business, you may need permits, you may need inspections from the city, things like that, where they need to be scheduled well in advance of other tasks that you're going to complete in order to achieve this goal. So really listing out, spending the time to list out what are all the potential constraints or you know fixed things that need to be scheduled or need to happen before something else can happen before this other task that I'm going to need to do happens and actually putting that sequence together is going to be huge especially for big lofty goals for complex things like I said opening a business opening a restaurant you need to think through all of these things in a very very high level of detail um, for things like weight loss, for things like competition prep, they're a little more simple. Like what, what would be an example of a constraint for a competition? Okay, well, you probably need to order and receive your bikini before the competition, right? Okay, so you need to give yourself enough time to place an order. You need to give the swimsuit company enough time to make it to get it to you on time to check that it still fit right or it still fits right and then potentially take it to a seamstress if it doesn't fit right or have the swimsuit company do some alterations last minute if needed. You're also going to need to pay for your registration fee ahead of time. You're going to need to do all of these things, have time scheduled with opposing coach. These are all examples of constraints that you would want to think through prior to your competition, right? So once you've identified all of these little things that need to happen in a certain order, I would suggest breaking the work required from that high level and that macro level perspective into a micro, micro level. What does that mean? Well, I hinted at it a little bit before. Very, very rough order of magnitude numbers. You've got a goal. It's going to require 100 hours worth of work. Five-month timeline, like I said, you break that down, 20 hours a month, and, that, and that's just assuming it's all even. Like if you have a goal where a lot of the work will be done at the end or the beginning, it's going to be shifted a little bit. But taking that time to specifically go through your timeline and anticipate, okay, I'm studying for the LSAT or <laughs> I'm doing something where I know I'm going to put in a ton of work at the end. Plan that out. And so maybe, you know, maybe each week or each day you're studying X number of hours consistently, but then you know at the end you need to clear your schedule so you can cram and study and take as many practice tests as you want so you're prepped and ready for that LSAT or that exam or, or whatever you may be working towards. And so the way I like to do that is I take my total amount of work estimated and, and I just kind of level it out from a from a first glance divide it by the number of months or the number of weeks you have to accomplish this goal and come up with that average number and that is a way to help keep yourself accountable so if a, your goals you know is going to require 10 hours a week in the gym or 10 hours a week studying for the LSAT 
you know that if you only got eight hours in on week one, that maybe on week two, you should probably be putting in 12 hours, right? To stay on track and to stay executing in a manner that's actually going to get you to the successful outcome that you want. So really, really breaking that work down to a micro level. And then once you have that hours per week or per day or, you know, whatever unit of measure works for you. For me, I like to look at it first from a week and then I will lay out week to week. Okay. I've got this many hours of stuff I need to accomplish and I need to schedule. I will look at my week ahead during the weekend. I look at my upcoming week and I will literally schedule it out. So you know, I've got my workouts, whatever, whatever I'm working on. I've got my podcast stuff I want to do. I put all of that on my calendar, making sure it's actually going to happen. And I also make sure that I leave some open times too, because what if my workout goes long and I can't edit the podcast that night because I need to get enough sleep for a workout the following morning. You've got to leave yourself some contingency and some plan B options as well realistically if you want to be successful. So I will plan out my week for the, you know, the upcoming work week or the upcoming week the weekend prior just to make sure that everything is actually going to happen. And and, and you don't have to do this. I mean, again, these are all just tips and me just kind of talking from my own experience and and like I said, there's plenty of people out there in the world that have so many more accomplishments than me, but I have done enough of these things in my life that I've been successful. I've never really failed exams. I kind of always complete what I want to on my first attempt. And so these are the the habits and the skills that have worked for me. And it's not to say that these work for everyone, but in general, this is a very solid plan. And if this is information that you've never heard before, it can be kind of eye-opening and it can be life-changing too. If you've never actually had anyone present this to you in this type of way, these are habits and skills that will carry you through your your work life, your personal life, um, and they'll help direct you in a way where you'll actually set yourself up to be successful to do the things that you want. Next up, we've talked about planning at that micro level. So you're finally at a point where you can take action. And that's great. So that's actually doing the work, showing up, getting it done, and executing. So week to week, you're planning out that work, you're doing it, you're making things happen. And the little the little phrase that I've heard before that I really like is plan, do, check, act. I don't know where this comes from originally, but it totally makes sense to me. My brain, I love, I love being organized. I love making lists. It makes sense to me. So like I said, you've already planned out your week. Do, that's your execution. That's your, you know, you're trying to lose weight. You're trying to prep for a show. That's your time in the gym. That's your time meal prepping. That's where you're making things happen. And then you want to circle back to what you've done and you want to check your progress, right? So you're prepping for a show And you're going to check your progress by either doing your measurements or you're going to go see your coach. You're going to send maybe some progress pictures or go see them in person and they'll take your measurements. But you're going to check your progress, okay? So you're going to check your progress against that baseline that you've already established. And for most people, 
there's kind of a clear path there. I mean, the example of doing a an NPC or any type of bodybuilding show is very clear. It's, you know, you start your prep at a certain weight and you're probably expecting to get on stage at a certain weight or a certain body fat percentage. And ultimately it, it truly does come down to looks, but you probably have those in mind and, and there's probably a plan there like, okay, I'm trying to lose a pound a week or a pound and a half a week or whatever it is. And so if those first few weeks go by and you haven't lost any weight and that body fat hasn't changed, what's going to happen? Do you think your coach is maybe going to up your cardio and drop your calories? Probably, right? So that's where the plan, do, checking, checking the progress, and then taking more corrective action. So it's it's really a circle. Like if I had a little flow chart I could draw out for you guys it's that arrow that goes back into planning. So it's just the cycle you're going to repeat over and over again. So you've checked your progress and then you're going to take corrective action based on the results you see. And if, if things are on track, you just keep it moving. But you can very well bet that in a competition prep or losing weight, you can't continue to lose weight doing eating the same calories doing the exact same amount of cardio. So you're continually checking your progress, taking corrective action to make sure that your body continues to lose weight and continues to lose body fat. So again, that little, that little phrase, plan, do, check, act, is what you actually want to be doing when you're making the progress and you're making the work towards your goal happen. And really, you're just trying to see, is your progress in line with the overall goal and timeline? And and these are ways that you can make sure that you're going to be successful. Like you get to a point where you realize, oh, I'm way off base. This is not good. I need to, I need to really make some corrective action. Or maybe, you know, people do this all the time. They realize, you know, my body is not responding to what I've been doing for prep. Maybe... Maybe this show isn't the right timing for me. Maybe I need to take six more weeks and let my body get there. And and for a lot of people, that can be a really smart move. And some people, you realize, hey, look at me. I'm ahead of schedule. This is awesome. I feel great. Um, Maybe your coach will give you a cheat meal. Who knows? (laughs) The sky's the limit. But really, that's the purpose of plan, do, check, act. And like I said, for a competitor the biggest thing is is you're checking your progress. And that's something we're all familiar with. So so these skills and these tips that I'm laying out for you guys, they can apply to literally anything in your life. It doesn't have to just be weight loss. It does not just have to be school. It can be literally anything. But one of the biggest questions I asked and why I wanted to even talk about this today was because a lot of people in my life will ask me, how are you doing all the things that you're doing? And and there's a variety of, of answers to that. Number one, I take care of my body. I make sure I'm sleeping. Um, I don't drink, like, things like that, where I have plenty of energy. But I'm also just an innately organized person. I like to create structure. I respond to structure and lists and achieving things and getting things done. Like for me, there is nothing more satisfying than checking that box or striking something off my list of things to do. Like I just get a very 
high level of satisfaction doing that. And so I think these are just the skills and the habits that I picked up along the way. Some of them, like the SMART goals acronym was laid out for me when I first became a personal trainer, but other ones like planning out the amount of time I would need to study for an exam. That's something I just kind of picked up very early on in school and it, it stuck with me for a long time. And And I think these are all habits that make me good as a project manager and they also make me um, very realistic and objective with myself as a competitor because, you know, I think if I were to get in a position where I realize I'm not ready for a show, you can bet your booty I'm going to delay that show date so that way I come in ready or I'm, you know, maybe I'm willing to take the corrective action or whatever it is to, to make it happen. But these are tips I think anyone could apply to their life for any number of reasons. So I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode of the podcast. A couple topics I've got coming up. I've got a really great one I'm excited to do about meal prepping and cooking and cooking as a weight loss tool. I've got a guy coming on who has an amazing weight loss story and transformed his life through meal prepping and cooking these amazing healthy dishes. So that's one. I've also got a very amazing, nice master's bikini coach. And we're going to be talking about that aspect of bikini competitors lives and just women and knowing your value and your power and a lot of topics that I think a lot of women can relate to. And I've also got a few others in the works that I can't speak about yet, but I'm super, super excited to bring you guys all this amazing content. Thank you for your support and subscribe on iTunes. That's it, you guys. Thanks for listening to Bikini Things episode number seven.